here. So one of the most common human sentiments that I encounter is people feeling sad after they've made a dramatic conversion to something or contemplated converting to something and then they find to their shock and horror that converting to a new hero system does not entail surrounding oneself with exemplary individuals. So no matter where you go, people are approximately equally flawed. So I grew up a Seventh-day Adventist and a lot of people converted to Seventh-day Adventism and they were shocked, shocked to find out the people in Seventh-day Adventism were just about as forward as the people wherever they came from. Now, Seventh-day Adventism is a high-intensity religion. It's like Orthodox Judaism, high-intensity religion. So there is a sort there, but it's not for, for overall moral excellence, right? It's for intensity of religious commitment. But uh, no matter what religion you convert to, the moral level of the people, you know, is about equal to their average level of IQ. So yeah, if you can move to a higher IQ religion, you know, generally speaking, you'll be surrounded by better types of people. If you move to a lower IQ religion, you'll be you know, surrounded by worse types of people. But there's no, there's no magic ticket to escape the human condition. So you don't get to you know, find a new hero system, whether it's capitalism or communism or socialism or Judaism or Christianity or Islam or secular humanism or whatever it is, whatever's your hero system, right? You're not going to get to transcend and escape from the human condition just by uh, converting to a new hero system. So the most common reaction I hear from people when they explore a new hero system is they feel sad that uh, people in this new hero system are approximately just as flawed as the people from the hero systems that they have already been through and discarded. Like, damn, I thought that Judaism or Christianity or Islam or secular humanism or socialism, capitalism, or libertarianism, like I thought finally I'd surround myself with top blokes in a day that way, but here's the kicker. This is what I find most interesting, is that people never become reflexive, right? They never turn around and ponder, wow, how sad that I was so naive that I thought that this different hero system would contain an entirely different moral caliber of people. Right? People never People say, oh, so, so sad that you know, Jews are so flawed, or Christians are so flawed, or communists are so flawed, or capitalists are so flawed, or libertarians are so flawed, or conservatives are so flawed, or liberals are so flawed, whatever, you know, they're thinking of joining or have joined. But they never turn it around and think, wow, sad that I was so naive. You know, sad that I was so deliberately obtuse. You know, sad that I was so removed from reality. Sad that I was so neurotic that I thought by you know, joining this different hero system that I'd get to transcend you know, the human condition. 
and that, you know, finally I'd hang out with the winner circle and that uh, I'm just making this conversion. What the? Come on, man. Bloody hell. What the hell? A-hole. So, pedestrians have the right of way in California. I don't insist on it, but I don't mind letting people know when they're violating my right of way that they're obnoxious turning you know, right in front of me. Come on, mate. I got the right of way here. A little gesticulation, but uh, no profanity and, and nothing too out of control. You know, I don't want to get triggered and lose my serenity and start acting out and going crazy and relapsing and engaging in all my old emotional addictions just because someone cut me off on the road fair dinkum that's no way for a good Aussie bloke to behave particularly in the balmy aftermath of what a magnificent world cup of cricket victory by Australia on Sunday smashing India that's the sterling triumph driven by the Fantastic batting of Travis Head, the captaincy of Pat Cummins' sophisticated wide bowling attack, great fielding. But anyway, so people never turn around and go, sad, sad that I was so naive that I expected people in a different hero system to be you know, transcendent of the human condition. Okay, sad that uh, I'm seeking to escape myself through conversion to a different hero system, only to find out that you know, I'm back where I started in the, the morass of the, you know, the flawed human condition and that you know, all the time and energy that I put into studying and participating and practicing and transcending different hero systems that it hasn't bought me a, you know, an automatic uh, path through the human condition. It won't, right? So if you feel sad by what you find in whatever new hero system you join, whether it's Judaism or Christianity or some uh, political system, right? The sadness you should feel is for yourself, for your own naivety, thinking that you could get to shortcut your own troubles. See, the worst thing about being an under-owner or an addict is that you're only going to be surrounded by other under-owners and addicts. Right? The worst thing about being a debtor is that people who aren't debtors are not going to want to get close to you. The worst thing about being neurotic is that only neurotics are going to want to get close to you. And people who convert to a new religion, but generally speaking, have high levels of neuroticism. And uh, the worst thing about having high levels of neuroticism is that healthy people with low levels of neuroticism are not going to want to spend much time with you. And so when you have a high level of neuroticism, you, you like feeling you know, bad feelings intensely. You kind of revel in them. And uh, so your life is a lot of sturm and drang and needless, pointless drama. People who are healthy and don't want to be entangled in needless, pointless drama are not going to hang out with you. So your social life is going to be constrained essentially to people who are approximately as sick as, as you are. And there's no magic pass to maturity and, and wisdom and recovery and emotional sobriety, right? There's no, no religion, there's no hero system. There's uh, no system of thought or practice that you can join. What the fuck? 
Don't you love it when you're crossing the street and you hear a car like speeding up right in, right in your direction? Love that. And so another example of this was when uh, Stephen James was on my show Sunday. Right. So this is a guy whose life has been wrecked by apparently, and what he says, ADHD. Right? It prevents him from a normal life. It's isolated him. It's impoverished him. It's immiserated him. It's removed all normal, possible, healthy sources of self-esteem. So basically he's put all his self-esteem eggs in the basket of fighting because normal life is just impossible for him as long as he's got ADHD and he refuses to take the medication that's prescribed for it. Right, you talk to the experts on ADHD, right, you read their books, they say, they generally say you can't recover from ADHD without taking the top line, first line of medication, which means stimulants, which means essentially Ritalin or Adderall. Right, you can't meditate your way out of ADHD. Right, there's no spiritual solution, generally speaking, to a non-spiritual problem. So just like there's no non-spiritual solution to a spiritual problem, there's no spiritual solution to a non-spiritual problem. You can't exercise your way out of ADHD. You can't meditate your way out of ADHD. You can't manage through willpower your ADHD any more than you can you know, manage and set your broken bone just with the power of your positive thinking. So, poor bloke you know, has had his life you know, wrecked by this illness. And I know people with ADHD whose lives were wrecked by ADHD and then they finally got on the medication the first day, the first time they took it, like, ah, oh, now I can feel normal, now I can function at a, at a high rate. My younger brother is taking meds for ADHD and they have helped him a lot. He's read three books in the past month, which is tremendous because he normally can't read at all, even magazines. Yeah, yeah. So Paul Stephen J. James, he's got all his self-esteem eggs in the basket of fighting because ADHD has prevented him from the normal pleasures and joys of life. And he won't take the medication that solves the problem. It's like having diabetes but you won't take insulin, right? Having type one diabetes, but you won't take insulin. But you can't pray your way out of type one diabetes. You can't usually exercise your way out of type one diabetes. Right? There are lots of things you can do for type two diabetes, but for type one diabetes, and for people who have ADHD that is equivalent to type one diabetes in severity, right? the only solution that consistently works is first line ADHD medication, meaning Ritalin and Adderall. And yeah, they can be abused. Just like water can be abused, love can be abused. And just as love can be abused, sex can be abused, marriage can be abused, religion can be abused, doesn't mean that you don't engage in these activities. And just because ADHD drugs can be abused doesn't mean you don't engage in these activities. But there was this overwhelming sentiment in the chat that Stephen J. James should stay off meds. In other words, <laughs> you had these people whose own lives are miserable and dysfunctional, saying, Stephen, you're one of us. Don't become healthy, bro. Right? Don't leave us because sick people want you to stay sick. Right? Marginalized people want you to stay marginalized. Miserable people want you to stay miserable. 
unvaccinated people want you to stay unvaccinated and stupid and naive. And uh, people who enjoy you know, the, the streams and the conflicts and the stone and drang and, and the misery of Stephen J. James's life, you know, as it's presented to them online, they don't want the guy to get healthy. They don't want the guy to have a normal life. They don't want the guy to have a normal chance at happiness. They don't want the guy to develop other sources of self-esteem aside from fighting, right? There's a medication that in all likelihood can uh, solve his problem and restore a quality of life that he cannot even imagine. And yet so many people in the chat just wanted him to stay miserable, wanted him to stay stuck in the problem. So when you try to change, right, when you try to improve the quality of your life, miserable people, marginalized people, under owners, debtors, addicts of all kinds will try to hold you back. Right? They don't want you to get healthy. Because if you get healthy, that will challenge them, force them to confront themselves and the ways that they haven't been doing the normally prescribed things to do so that they can face reality, face painful reality, face the delusions that they've been living in, right? So Stephen J. James in his current unmedicated condition, he can provide a lot of comfort to himself that, yeah, his life's miserable and failing in pretty much every level, but he's not going to be one of those NPCs who just takes the medication that's prescribed for him by a doctor. He's a special snowflake. He sees through the BS. So, yeah, his life may be miserable and maybe failing in 15 different ways. An unnecessary failure and dislocation. But at least he sees through the BS, man. He's not going to take the vax. He's not going to take the medication. He's not going to do what the doctors say. Because, yeah, even by you know, ignoring, denying normal medical advice, at least he gets to feel special. And it's like that's what people buy into conspiracy theories nothing like Andy Nowicki that smart guy loves his crazy conspiracy theories because no matter how painful his life gets he can comfort himself at least he sees through the BS and uh, that's been the solace that uh, Stephen J. James has enjoyed over the last uh, 10-20 years that hey there's a solution for his problems but he's not going to take it and yeah, he's miserable and failing in 15 different ways, but at least he sees through the BS. For well, the type of guy to purchase Google Glasses, say how great they are for months, and say they damaged his life, and it's time for some Alexander technique. <laughs> the algorithm is meant to manipulate those with ADHD, not people like me who can see through the, the BS. Yeah, that's great, man. You can see through the BS. So you may have all sorts of painful, unnecessary failures. And you may completely lack normal, healthy levels of human connection. At least you can comfort yourself with the delusion that you see through the BS. Well, you don't. Right? People with normal levels of human connection see through the reality of life much more clearly than you do. Right? The healthiest people are people with normal levels of human connection. They have an appropriate level of gratitude. And they actually see through the BS better than you do, but you can comfort yourself that you're special because even though you can't maintain normal levels of human connection and you're not willing to confront you know, those parts of you that, uh, that refuse to 
you know, see the truth, the painful truth about yourself and your delusions and uh, improve your life by doing the conventional things such as taking medication, uh, you know, joining a community, making commitments to people, volunteering, uh, you know, getting psychological, physical, spiritual, 12-step, uh, religious help for, you know, whatever's ailing you, because you'll comfort yourself with your your bottom line belief that you see through the BS. Are you the anti-SJJ? I don't know, I really enjoy uh, Stephen J. James. Why? Because he's honest. Because uh, he's a pretty good sense of, uh, of reality, of his own limitations, and uh, people with a pretty accurate sense of their own limitations are kind of a pleasure to to be around. While people with you know massive delusions, uh, not not such a pleasure. But people want to hold you back, right? Your, your family doesn't want you to change. You know, if you've been the, the wicked son all your life, the family will be upset and you start becoming the responsible one. Uh, because it takes a lot of energy to you know, appropriately categorize people. We don't like to shift our categorization of people. So it's an economizing device. We get a read on people and then pretty much no matter what they say or do, we just stick with our original read because it's upsetting to think that a friend might have all these dangerous flaws. And so we don't want to think about you know, reassessing people. And so when they change and they kind of force us to reassess, we don't like it because then when the people around us change, then it provides more and more incentives that we have to confront painful parts of ourselves and of reality that we've been denying. And we don't like that. So we'd rather you know, drag people back down with us. So, if you want to, you can't really accomplish anything without energy and enthusiasm, right? And if you have a bunch of losers in your life, under owners, you know, debtors, people with various emotional addictions who are not in recovery, they're just going to suck the life force out of you. You know, they'll call you up crying on a regular basis, they'll articulate this suicidal ideation, right? They, they want to drag you into their drama. And uh, one of the guiding principles that's really improved my life over the last seven years is <clears throat> I tried to minimize, if not eliminate, any activity, interaction, uh, mindset, practice, habit that uh, takes away from my energy level. Now, I'm not, I'm not a master of this. Like, I'm way too vulnerable in real life. Like, I reveal way too much of myself at inappropriate times which then leads me to feel, oh, you know, kind of uh, protective and uh, vulnerable and uh, feeling vulnerable. It's not usually a great source of energy and strength, right? You know, feeling energetic is kind of a synonym to feeling strong. And so, you know, I certainly still, to this day, to right now, still sabotage myself with, you know, unnecessary inappropriate levels of disclosure and real life interactions that are a waste to my own benefit and then kind of uh, suck the life force and the energy out of me because I disclose too much to people, then treat me with disrespect. And uh, you, know, you shouldn't, shouldn't reveal things to you know, 
co-workers or acquaintances or you know, people in your church or synagogue that you would not want people speculating about and gossiping about. And, uh, and so I've, through inappropriate disclosure, you know, made myself a buffoon, an object of disrespect, and it's hard to maintain the amount of energy that you need to accomplish anything significant in life when you're inappropriately making yourself vulnerable, which is an ongoing issue for me. Uh, also hard to maintain the energy and strength that you need when you, when you let inappropriate people into your life and spend too much time or whenever you're out of control. So, for example, like there are a lot of foods that I don't eat because I can't control myself on them. <laughs> They're so delicious. And so it's easier for me to abstain than to be moderate. And I don't like myself when I overeat. Like I don't like myself when I'm out of control. And that's not a source of energy and strength. Uh, I have this, you know, these narcissistic tendencies that are, you know, just ready to jump out at any time where I just, you know, feel driven to demonstrate to people around me what a special snowflake I am and how unique I am. And so, be one of the 12 symptoms of underowning uh, stability boredom where, you know, I shake things up and just, you know, subtly or blatantly say, look at me, look at me. And, uh, creates instability, unnecessary drama, uh, doesn't work out to my advantage. So if I'm not spiritually aligned you know, with high purpose, where I'm here to do a job or to help people, or you know, I've got a good reason for doing what I'm doing, I'm not aligned for the good reasons that I'm doing what I'm doing, then I just kind of dissipate my strength and resources and abilities and talents, and then I don't like myself, and then I don't sleep as well, and then I lack the, the energy that I need. So, m many people you know, consistently lack adequate sleep. And you mention it to them, it's go, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I know what I need to do, I just need to go to bed an hour earlier. But they were saying the same thing five, ten years previous. Right? They've got an ongoing problem, they can't deal with it. Until one comes to terms with how these seemingly maladaptive, self-defeating, self-destructive habits are feeding valuable parts of ourselves, you know, protecting us in maladaptive ways until we come to terms with, with how you know, the habit of ingesting too much caffeine or staying up too late or uh, chasing drama and gossip um, or you know, bizarre attention-seeking behavior. You know, that's, that's meeting a need a need that's legitimate has to be met, but through healthier means. So, you know, I'd like to think that uh, a good portion of my videos are at least a healthier way for me to meet my need to feel special, to feel exceptional, to feel like I've got something to offer the world. You know, I want to give. All right. So, I'd like to think that a, you know, at least a portion of these videos is a kind of a healthy need for me to meet this desire, so that if I can then meet that. You know, that needed me to feel special and to stand out and if I can meet it through a healthy way then I don't have to dissipate my strength and resources and talent you know, in unhealthy ways that then drain me of energy and strength and you know, lower my self-esteem, so social status, uh, lower my level of recovery. Right, so one of the sex addiction programs they talk about uh, top-line behavior, right? That's the behavior where you're the furthest away from your 
addictions. And then there's uh, middle line behavior where you know, you're, you're getting closer and flirting with your addictions. And then there's bottom line behavior, which is your, your addiction, the very stuff that you want to stay away from. And let's go to the chat. Luke Ford. Ever listen to recorded sounds of nature? Yes, I love that. SJJ is high functioning. He only perceives dysfunction because he holds himself to higher standards. He does not need drugs. You have no idea, bro. You have no expertise in this area. Neither do I. <laughs> Which doesn't stop me from, from holding forth with my opinions. But yeah, if a doctor done a proper diagnosis and he does seem to have all the symptoms of ADHD and I know how destructive that can be to someone's life, right? And he says his only source of self-esteem basically is fighting. That's not a healthy recipe for life. Uh, people's view of various drugs depends on their socio-political ideological status. Yeah, so most of what we do is to <clears throat> feel cool or just <coughs> seem cool to the people who are most important to us. So you get to be high status in you know, an anti-vax <coughs> community by you know, being rapidly anti-vax. So you get to be high status in Orthodox Judaism by uh, performing a lot of mitzvahs and you know, talking out the glories of Torah and how Torah is the answer to everything. Nothing encourages introspection more than meth. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you can call ADHD medication math, and the chemi chemicals are basically the same, just like you know, the chemicals released when you have sex are basically the same, whether the sex is licit or illicit. All right, there is moral killing and immoral killing. There's the moral use of methamphetamine, and there's the immoral use of methamphetamine. There are moral expressions for, for sex, and there are immoral expressions of sex, such as rape and uh, promiscuity that, that's damaging to, to people and spreading diseases. So just because something's an amphetamine does not ipso facto make it good or bad, or it depends on how you use it. it, depends on the situation. Uh -oh. Flashing red lights up ahead. Let <laughs> me ah, think the the, the uh, symptoms of underlining uh, time indifference. All right, that's a big one. Okay, I'm, I'm using my time productively. I got up at uh, before 3 a.m. I got up about 3:15 a.m. today. Uh, so I've been using my time productively. Okay, other symptoms, um, idea deflection. So I like to say that, think that I'm taking in all your perspectives in the chat and I'm just not automatically deflecting or ridiculing or belittling perspectives that are different from mine. But uh, the higher my anxiety, right? The more, more I have uh, idea deflection going on, but the more at ease I am with myself, the, the better I can be. Mm, I smell fire, right? The more open I can be to other ideas. Uh, 
like striving to prove my worth or value, right? That's when it's, you know, at a maladaptive level. And uh, I think that's fairly under control. I haven't been making many videos last uh, 10 days. I've been selective. I've been you know, engaging in, uh, in study and other practices and just, you know, rushing out with pointless opinions. Uh, most of the things that I said today, I, I wrote down, I made notes on, I kind of rehearsed them so that I have something, uh, okay, I'm not going to cross the street here. What the heck, six lanes of traffic, uh, stability boredom, I think that's at a pretty low level. I'm enjoying good relations with uh, most people in my life. Uh, Under-pricing, under under-earning, largely staying away from that, but there have been times when I've bid for, for a gig and uh, I did underprice because I hadn't steeled myself. My natural tendency is to undervalue my, my services and I did, did get caught out. I remember once I was, I was asked to do some research for a you know, major fortune, you know, top fortune, top 50 company. <laughs> and they asked me how much I'd charge, and I said $75 an hour. That was for Phillips Corporation. It was ridiculous, like I should have charged 300 So I don't think I've ever asked for a raise in my life. So I have to watch that uh, under-earning tendency, and I really have to work and gird myself up to to seek you know proper compensation for my services talk to you